What's up, all you wooden spoons out there? You're listening to Polygonometry. This is a self-flagellation podcast where each and every episode is a member of my family that's so giant and big, and we sit down and we talk about what it's like growing up in polygamy. What's up, dudes? What's up, babes? What's up, babe dudes? And what's up, dude, babes? Guys, we're back in the saddle again. Dude, I'm so stoked, man. I am glad to be back at it. And uh, guys, we got a great episode for you guys this week. But before we get into it, like always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, reach out via Instagram, Facebook, or Messenger Pigeon, or uh, send a snail mail, uh, send me a nickel so I can uh, donate that same nickel to the the hungry. Why do they do that? Anybody understand why they send you a nickel in the mail and be like, this is all it takes to give back to the, the, the people who are starving? It's like, why did you give me the nickel, dude? Like, why don't you just give the nickel to the people? I mean, I'm glad to donate a nickel, but don't send me the nickel first. I feel like like this is like extra steps. But anyway, guys, we're back in it. We're ready to rock and roll. And this week's episode is going to be so great and so fun because I have one of my best friends on the podcast. He and I, uh, he lived in Utah. I lived in Montana. But hey, we got up, we got into a lot of trouble together when we were kids. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. He served his mission in Ecuador. And we could talk about that a little bit. And we talk about all this kind of Dude, it's going to be a great episode. And you know what, guys? I am so so excited to be back, and I hope you guys enjoy the episode that I have with my mom's second oldest brother's first wife's second oldest kid, who also happens to be the third oldest of 25 children, dude. Ligonometry. I think, I mean, when, when I was living with you guys, and we were working together and like that road trip we took up the coast and stuff. Okay. Did I ever, did I ever ask you about what it's like being the oldest boy? Mm, no. What's it like being the oldest boy? <laughs> <laughs> the oldest boy of what? 14 boys. Is it 14? I think it is. So there's me, Dane, Paul, James, Lake, Tommy. Oh, Tommy, Lake, Mug, Moogie, Trey, Trey, Buddha, Buddha, and then Nick. Nick. So, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? One. Two. I have a list. Oh, here. I think it is ten. One, I think it is ten. Two, and then three, there's fourteen four, girls. Five, six. That's seven, so funny. We have eight, to go nine, through this all ten. Ten, ten boys, that. fourteen. Ten boys, fifteen girls. I should have that in my head. <laughs> I have the. I'm not a good older brother now. <laughs> I know. Look at you go, you jerk. You don't even know all your other twenty-four siblings, you idiot. <laughs> Too many to keep track of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's it like being the oldest guy? Because you, okay, now that I think about it, you were the only boy until Dane was born. Yeah, so I was like four and a half years old. So I was surrounded by girls till I was like four and a half. And then, I don't know, it was was pretty sweet growing up, like, you know, hanging out with my dad. I was his only boy for a while. You know, he showed me the ropes of how to be a man. (laughs) (laughs) At four and a half. (laughs) At four and a half, no. But being the only boy, being the oldest boy, it's been awesome, dude. Yeah. Like growing up around 
being the example, hanging out with the bros all the time. And just, of course, we have our differences. There's oh, totally. Duh. Way different in every aspect. but And just the maturity levels are completely different too. But it's cool to just stoop down with Buddha. <laughs> I'm, I'm 27, he's 14, and we're yeah. just still hanging out. Dude, that's so and rad. Still be the coolest brothers and just chill and just be on each other's levels, which I think is so awesome too. Yeah, I think something that, I mean, that's cool that like between you and me, and a commonality that I was thinking about when I was driving down to Utah, I was like, both Josh and I, we don't know what it's like to have an older brother. Yeah. Because we're both oldest sons, right? Right. And so like, I mean, your situation is a little bit different because like, it, there's so just so many more mm-hmm. of your you know younger siblings because you're the third oldest, right? Right. Third oldest. Third oldest. And so like the third oldest out of 25 and everyone underneath you knows what it's like to have an older brother. Right. Like I find that to be weird just because there's 22 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you and I, yeah, we don't know what it is. I have no idea. I have no idea what it's like to be like, Oh, no, my older brother, he's cool. Yeah. Let's go hang out with him. (laughs) Yeah. What's he doing? (laughs) Yeah, no. The, with the sisters too, like hanging out with the sisters, like, of course, like we all have our differences and having two older sisters is cool. Hanging out with growing up, always hanging out with Hannah. Cause me and Hannah were always on the same age and yeah, you know how that was. And, you, and she's just over, or just about a year older than you, right? Yeah. Or eight, nine ten, months, 10 months. months. She was born in September. I was born in July the next year. Oh, okay. So she's barely older than me. Me and her got along growing up all the time. We yeah, that's awesome. loved hanging out. Yeah. Hannah and I. And then uh, I had Carly, of course. Yeah. She's like a year and a half, almost two years older than me. Yeah. But other than that, growing up was awesome. Having all the siblings in the world, best friends being your best friends. Yeah, your best friends being your siblings. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's a theme that we kind of talk, touched on the, on the podcast before is like, you know, we when you have just so many people around our mutual cousin, I won't say his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our age. <laughs> <laughs> that is our, a little bit, a little bit younger than us. Um, he told me about how he was like, yeah, dude, I, I, whenever I was done with school, I was like so stoked to go home. Cause I was like, dude, I gotta hang out with my friends. <laughs> yeah. And it's like his sisters and brothers. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was just like so stoked to go. <laughs> Go home. To go home. <laughs> but out in society, like our best friends are like going to hang out at the park with their neighbors. Or something. Like, yeah. 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 Like the friends you made at school or, or I'm going to go over to like Billy's house. You know, right. you're not related at all. It's just your buddy. Yep. But for, you know, your family and like just polygamy in general is like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> just going to go home. I'll have a good time and just hang out. Dude, I'm stoked for dinner with my friends. <laughs> Again, yeah. <laughs> every night. Yeah. So, okay. So there's, there's a thing that people, uh, you know, ask me about all the time. Um, and, and I'm sure, and I'm sure you've had this question asked you a dozen billion times. So dinners for your family, like, right. that's a huge pop culture. question. So how does it work with dinners? Yeah. You know, cause it, it didn't, it change. It used to be like each mom had their own family dinners in their own, with their own kids for a while. And then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but then like the, it, trended towards like, you know what, let's just all do it all together every night and then have it rotate between the mom's houses. Was was that what happened or was Dude, it different? Um, so growing up, like we were all, we had just dinners Mondays. 
Oh, one day was, was dinner. One day a week. One, one dinner a week, a week was yeah. everybody. Yeah, it was like, uh, what's that? Family home evening. Oh, okay, yeah. We did that kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody got together. One, one mom would cook dinner. One mom would have like a part. One mom would have the dessert. One mom would have the activity. Oh, oh okay. Those family home evenings were the bomb, dude. Yeah. Oh man, tell me about so it. much fun. I, I want to. What did you guys do? Like, just other than just like have dinner, to have activities. The mom would plan an activity, and the, all the kids would be all organized, and like we'd play games. I, I can't even remember the games we'd be playing. Yeah. So this was a long time ago. It was before I was even like, it was like when I was like eight. Okay. Like six through ten. Okay. And we'd have these activities. And that's how our family home evening or our dinners were for years, I remember. And then, and then it switched to every mom had a night. Every mom would just cook dinner. We got rid of like the activities and like the spiritual part, like the family. Because that was when, because that was when your dad left, your family effectively left um, like 15 years ago-ish, right? Something like that. I was like so 12, 12 years 12, 13. Old. Okay. Yeah. So was it at that time that you guys decided to like remove the spirituality out of the home? Yeah. The we, we like removed the whole like, like organization of the family uh, home evening. Like sure. we just only ate. Okay. And that's all it was. Okay. And now that still is. Yeah. All it is is that yeah. we just, one mom takes a day because there's five moms mm-hmm. and there's five days of the week during the week. Yeah. And then weekend, our weekend's a little bit different. Just like whatever you want to eat, you make right now. A mom makes dinner on Sunday. Oh, okay. Just cause that works best for her. Okay. And then, but other than that, it's one mom makes a meal. Yeah. Five days out of seven. Yeah. And then they, we still eat dinner. That's together. awesome. And it's been like that forever, dude. Yeah. And you're not, and you're not living at your dad's house. No, no. Me and no amigo over there probably once or twice for dinner, just cause we live so close throughout the week throughout the week yeah and then we just make our ecuadorian meals and just eat deliciousness i know i'm bummed that she she has you know other obligations at the time i, I would love to have her on that'd be so yeah. fun be so fun so that's something we could talk about so you went on your mission and you're like you know i'm gonna tell everybody about god and then you got back with a wife <laughs> i didn't come back with a wife well basically you did though <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of okay so before we get into how you met your wife I want to know what it's like being a missionary in Ecuador. Oh, being an LDS missionary in Ecuador. Mm. So to start it off, you grew up in polygamy. I mean, I don't, I'm not terribly interested. I mean, personally in mm-hmm. like your story of how did you leave the A right. B and join the LDS church? Because yeah, that's, yeah. that's been, that's been a thing that's been on the podcast a ton of times, right. which is fine. It's cool. And I'm not, if you want to talk about it, I'm more than happy to talk about it with you, but I already know about it. Right. You know? No, that's all and good. I mean, there's other people that might be listening to like, wait, no, I want to hear about it. But I mean, to those people, I would say, Hey, I'm really tired about talking about that with everybody. So yeah, I, yeah. I, anyway, yeah, my story is not that great. I left when I was 12. Yeah. My dad just left every so. Yeah. I feel, I feel like if they listened to your dad's episodes, they would have just as much context in your situation because of his right. situation. So anyway, so yeah. you join the LDS church, you get approved to go on your mission and you are heading down South. Yeah. Going to Ecuador. Um, by the way, which is the best country on planet earth. Yeah. But, um, being a missionary, being yeah. A missionary. Run in me through your 
like like a day-to-day week-to-week i mean sure thoughts yeah Yeah, everything man i'm so curious because i haven't talked to you explicitly in detail about that stuff i've asked like oh what's crazy thing that you ate when you were in ecuador or whatever Uh but nothing nothing in regards to the missionary work missionary work dude it was uh everybody believes in god and everybody be, believes in Jesus Christ. In Ecuador. In Ecuador. They're all Christians, you could say. Okay. They're all believers in... They're all religious. They're all religious. Believers in Christ or Jesus Christ. Yeah. Christ or Jesus Christ. God or Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, there is a difference between Christ and Jesus Christ. True. <laughs> <laughs> so, so day to day, you know, you just like the original missionary kind of thing. You you wake up at six thirty. You you do your exercises. You you do your what's a missionary's exercise routine? Oh man, the beginning of the mission, I had bad exercise routine. I just got out, laid out a blanket like a yoga mat blanket thing. Yeah. out in the living room, looked at my companion, fell back asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do this? I'm too tired. But then probably six months into my mission, I was like, dude, you got to get yourself together. Like you're getting fat, like eating all that food, drinking all that Coke. Coke is so good. But (laughs) yeah, I I was, I was starting to get fat. I, my pants were starting to get tight. Like I wasn't able to put my pants on and my shirts were starting to like, you were filling out, dude. I was filling out, dude. I would love to see you start to get fat. Because it's you, dude. <laughs> dude, people don't believe me that That's I hit so 200 plus pounds. Nuh-uh. Yes. Dude. I walk around, like, I've walked around at 170 my entire life. Yeah. Well, since I hit puberty. Yeah. I, I was like 100, 200, 210 pounds. You were Pajito, dude. Dude, I got chunky. No way, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it was bad. I've got some photos. Of, I want to oh see God. those photos, dude. I need to pull them up. I don't know where they are. I'll, I'll find them through my camera, but... I, I decided to dedicate myself like, okay, dude, you're going to get your, you're going to get your companion out. You're going to go running. You're going to do push-ups. You're going to do pull-ups. You're going to sit up, do do lunges, basic stuff, basic, basic body, weight. body weight stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I did that. I, I, I made that part of my routine and yeah. slimmed back down. I was watching my diet too. Like yeah. I wasn't like wolfing down everything they put in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm assuming Ecuadorian food is like dope oh dude so good oh it's delicious it's pure rice like yeah rice is in every meal but it's the way that they cook is so good yeah they they load you up on salt they eat a lot of uh seafood oh it's just yummy next time you go to ecuador you should let me know i want to go down with you we need to i I want to take a lot of people down dude let's do it I want to go into the freaking jungle and go hiking around, man. That'd be so dope. It'd be a blast. Okay, so anyway, so you, you're doing these workout routines. You slim down. You're, you take this, you, you know, the first six months you said you were just like, was that just like a, a cultural was, adjustment? Like, holy cow, this is just too much for me right now. So you're just like dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it was. I was dealing with a companion. Like I had to get myself used to living with another guy. Yeah, the culture shock of it all. A, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. I had... We live here in America, and it's completely different than a third world country. And then, yeah, and then back to missionary style. Then at about eight o'clock, I do you do personal study. What's personal study? Personal study where you uh, things that I needed to work on, like yeah, things that I needed to understand about the gospel or Jesus Christ, you could say, or God, or okay, or things that I needed to 
improve on that I felt I needed to improve on. Okay. And then some, some like introspection time. Yeah. Introspection time. Just how can I show more love? How can I be more humble? How can I help my companion or whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, how can I not be so shy? How can I learn this language? You know? Oh, that's something I want to talk about. And then, uh, (laughs) and then you move on to like nine o'clock companionship study. You and your companion study together about like, first off, you like um, share like what you studied in your personal study with your companion. And this was every day? This is every day. Every day. Every day for two years. Every, no days off. No days off. Every single day. It's every day. Whoa. Every day like that. And uh, yeah, you get into routine, dude. It just. Yeah. Yeah. Step by step. And then 10 o'clock rolls around. And if you're a gringo like me, gringo, just being a white man, <laughs> yeah. I, I got to learn the language. Yeah. So I, we did like a language study okay. for an hour. And I would, he would help me study Spanish okay. and I would help him study English. Was he a native if, Spanish speaker? Yeah. If he was a Latino. Okay. Sometimes I was put with a, another white well, elder okay. yeah. or missionary and um, uh, we would study Spanish together. Okay. And then from there, we would uh, go proselyting, leave at about like 11, 1030, 11 o'clock, and we'd be out the door and have our agenda that we filled the night before or the day before visiting people, seeing if we get a return visit. Or, or hey, discussion this, or hey, let's chat mm-hmm. again. Or, okay. And then sometimes we'd <clears throat> just stop and just go knock doors, you know, or say, stop by anyone on the street, anybody wanting to listen, we just all right, this hour we're going to go out and just say, knock doors. Say hi. <laughs> say hi. Yeah. No way. What was that like? That must have been terrifying. It was intimidating, dude. Oh, the my first, gosh. The first couple months, because I didn't know Spanish, just just terrifying. You didn't know Spanish from the MTC? No, I didn't. My new hola. Yeah, I did not know anything. I, I took high school Spanish, too, and... All yeah. I learned was hola and arroz. 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 Yeah. That's funny. I said it like that. That's arrows. Bad. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you didn't, you didn't get the language acquisition from, from the MTC. No, the MTC or no. So I, I had to fully engulf myself in, uh, immersion, immersion, immersion. Like you had to learn it because you needed it to survive. Yes. Wow. Man, I had Bad stuff. Okay. Let's talk about the language thing because I've always, I mean, I asked you about this when you, when you got back about it, but mm-hmm. how long did it take for you to become fluent in Spanish? Fluent. Fluent. I would have to say about eight months to a year, eight months to a year, eight months to 12 months if from, to be fluent. Okay. So what was that process like? Because I mean, I only, I had only spent a year in China mm-hmm. and I am just as dumb in, <laughs> in Chinese as I was when I left to go out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit, I can get by very, very minimally. Yeah. <laughs> so what can, what, what can you say? Hello? Oh, How I can you? say hello. It's like, yeah, yeah. Ni hao ma. Like that's, you know, just hello or whatever. And I can like, uh, the th- so the, the thing that helps for those of you who are out there who ever go to China or have been to China, you'd know this is that the word jiga Jiga is one of the most useful words for someone who doesn't know Chinese. 
because Jigga means this. Oh, okay. So if you look at a menu and you just go Jigga, <laughs> it's like, I, uh, this, this. Well, uh, this is what I want. <laughs> Jigga. Um, okay. I can count to five um, and like, you know, very small little snippets and stuff, but yeah, it's just like a few words and that's it. I, okay. yeah. And like little phrases and, and, you know, terms of endearment, if you want to call it that, right. like the, the racist things they call us, um, and, and that kind of thing. But, but you, it, it took you, and even with immersion yeah. and super intense, like, Hey, you need this to like be a human being in this place. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't know it, I was, I was on my way out, dude. Yeah. I was every day for three months, dude. I was just choking up. I'd be walking on the streets and I'd be, I'd be crying. I'd, I'd be behind my um, native companion, my Latino companion. And I didn't understand anything. I, it made me miss home even more. Oh, dude. And so I, I felt like a baby. I was a newborn baby. That's how I felt. I didn't know anything. I, I couldn't understand my companion, my, my guide. Yeah. I couldn't understand him. And he would get frustrated with me or I'd get frustrated with him or, and then lessons. I, I couldn't speak. Yeah. I did not speak for months. I just, just bawling every night, every day, all day long, just crying. <laughs> I, I didn't have another white companion in the house. There was no other white boy in the house. Were you the only white guy around? The only white guy around. Dude. For the first three months. And it's so funny that people get upset when babies cry on like trains and planes and stuff. It's Dude. like, hey, could you imagine them? Like how frustrating would that be when you don't know what the hell's going on? <laughs> Seriously, your stomach's feeling upset and you can't say anything. It's like, yeah, you don't know what's going on, man. Like, of course that's frustrating and, and scary. Yeah. And the New first thing. Yeah, that's really what I felt like. I, yeah. I remember thinking that as I was there, I was like, I feel like a baby. Wow. I, I'm a. I'm sitting here with my books in Spanish. And I'm just like, El Libro de Mormon. <laughs> and I just read, yo. <laughs> yo. Okay, let's go to the English book. <laughs> so, and that's what kept me company is because I, I could read my English books. Yeah. And then I could think in my, in my mind and process it in my head. Yeah. And that's what kept me comfort. But. Man, Mondays, the preparation days, P -day. When, the P day when I could read English and talk to my mom. Oh, dude, I was a sobbing baby. Seriously, for 18 months, I would cry. I would every cry day. every single Monday. Just cry. Just because I missed my mom and I missed just, you know, Everything. things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Missed home and all the that. The culture. Yeah. But, dude, after... So I was for 18 months and I was like, dude, Josh, come on. You're being, you're being all pussy. Girl, girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> and then, uh, the last like six months of my mission, I, wow, I put myself together and I, dude, I, I didn't want to come home. You're like, I, finally, I got this down. I got it down. Like I speak to everyone. I could hear everything. I understood everything everyone okay, so, was saying. So what was, okay, so there must have been a moment where it clicked for you, yes. where Spanish clicked. Yeah. What, what was that, that moment? Was, what was that like, that situation? That situation, oh, dude, it was like unreal because I, I'm sitting there studying for a year just trying to get it and it's slowly coming to me, yeah. slowly coming to me. There we go. And I remember it was, it was about like 
12 months into my mission and I'm just sitting there in a lesson, just yeah. teaching some people and I'm freaking speaking like fluently. Like it's just coming to me, just coming out of my mouth. And they're understanding everything, everything. Like, oh my gosh, how long have you been on the mission? I was like, a year. Like, Your Spanish is perfect. I was like, oh. Thank you, thank you. Gracias, gracias, gracias. And it was it was so bizarre. And after that, man, I did not want to come home. So you, okay. So something that I've always um, been fascinated by is the concept of language acquisition. And being that I was teaching English in China, mm-hmm. this was something that you know I had to you know you know be familiar with or familiarize myself with when I was getting my TEFL certificate and, and that kind of thing. But people talk about when they learn a new language, they know they're fluent when they start dreaming in that language. Did yeah. that happen for you? Yeah, I still dream in Spanish, dude. No way. I only dream in Spanish. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Dude. Only Spanish. Because I'm married to... Oh, yeah, you speak Spanish you know all the time. I mean, yeah. I speak... Uh, I, I probably speak 60% Spanish and probably 40% English. Really? Like, in my days. Like, now. And, yeah, I... I I remember dreaming in Spanish. My first dream. I, I, I don't remember or the dream, but I remember just it being a thing where it was in Spanish. You knew it was in Spanish yeah. and also that you understood it. Yes. Whoa, yeah, dude. That's crazy. That's wild. That's so it's wild. It's dude. <laughs> dude. Okay. So when I was in, when I was in China, uh, I might've already told this pod, uh, on the, on the podcast before, but it doesn't matter. I was teaching little kids, little kids. Three, four-year-olds. Oh, okay. Yeah, three, four-year-olds. I mean, these kids, the only thing that the prior, like the priority of the day was like, hey, do we get through the day without somebody losing their absolute mind and crying? Because they see a white guy. <laughs> and if they could say their own name, dude, huge win. Yeah. And it's all about me just being a dork in front of kids, being mm-hmm. funny, and just like making them feel comfortable and word coloring. Like that's, that's the lesson. Awesome. Right? So fun, dude. So fun. And so... I was teaching them like the, the different colors, like mm-hmm. red, the ball is red, you know? And I'm just like showing all the, all the stuff. Um, in the last like 15 minutes of the, of the class, we would just do like a coloring activity and I would like listen to, you know, music. And mm-hmm. I'd just put on like, take me home country roads by John Denver. Cause I was missing home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to listen to guys. <laughs> um, and we're coloring and I'm sitting down at the little itty bitty table and the little itty bitty chairs with all these, you know, toddlers. Um, and they're all just, they're just, of course, just chatting and talking and having a good time and, and coloring. And they're talking about how, like, I didn't understand anything that they were saying. They're all, because all speaking in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and in every class, I had a TA. And the TA would serve as a translator and, and help with just managing the class and all that. Oh, okay. Um, and I was sitting down, I was just coloring this beach ball, uh, just on a coloring page that I had printed off for all the kids. So we're mm-hmm. all coloring beach balls. <clears throat> and I wanted to grab... Uh, I was just, I can't remember what color I was using. I was using like a blue crayon or something like that. And I hear one of my students behind me say, and in my brain, it was perfect English. I said, teacher Jessup, can I get the red crayon? No. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. And I just gave it to him. Uh-huh. And my TA looks at me. She's like, teacher Jessup. And I was like, what? Did you hear that? She's like, <laughs> you understood. You understood. And I was like, what? She asked you, Red crayon in Mandarin. Oh. And I was like, what? No, she spoke in English. She's like, no, 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 no. She spoke in Mandarin. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Because <laughs> it was like this passive language acquisition thing idea, right? So we're like, I had been in China at that point probably, yeah, eight months-ish. Oh, okay. And 
this little itty bitty little girl yeah. <laughs> was just like, hey, can I grab the rag crayon? And I, I heard it in English, but she said it in Mandarin. Interesting. And she's like, can you speak in Mandarin? And I was like, no. She's like, but you understand it. Like, why isn't this? So my TA was confused and I was confused. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> it just dawned on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Learning language is insane, dude. What about reading? Did that, because you, you were talking about like the English books mm-hmm. and, your, and your Spanish books and El Libro de Mormon and all this yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. right? So when you're reading it, was there a point where you're just like, oh my God, I understand this now? Um, the point, not necessarily because okay. I would take, I would take the books. I would take a, a, a study book in English and a study book in, in Spanish. Yeah. And they were identical. Yeah. The church had made them identical. Direct so, translation. Direct translation. So I, I would read it in Spanish and then I'd read it in English and then I'd read it in English and then I'd read it in Spanish. Like four times. Just boom, 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 boom. Um, reading, um, it, it wasn't, it's not too hard. Just I, understanding the language was probably my the hardest. Okay. Like all the conjugations and the sure. forms and how to put it together. Because in Spanish, you would say, El tomate es rojo. Yeah, the tomato's red. The, the, the tomato's red. But in uh, English, it, you could put it other ways. The red tomato or oh, things the, like that. Yeah, the order of the words the is different. The order of the words is completely different. And that was so confusing for me. Yeah. So confusing. That's probably why I had low grades in Spanish class. Too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. And like, just the, the, the conjugations are unreal. Like I could put three English words together and make it one Spanish word. Corraremos. We will run. Oh, okay, yeah. Corraremos. And so that is like so weird. And it was it was so hard for me to understand that. Or comeremos, comeríamos, things like yeah, that. Sure, it's, sure. it's just one word. But, but it in means, English, it means it's like three or four different words. Yeah. I'm just like, it just baffled me. Yeah. It still baffles me, dude. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Dang. But now, just completely fluent. Yeah. Now, what am I, six years later? Yeah. Seven, six or seven years later. How does it feel to be that far after your mission? Is it weird to think about? So crazy. Yeah. So crazy. Been married for almost four years. Holy crap, dude. Insane, huh? (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Been married for four years. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. It's awesome. I love, I love the Latino culture. I love speaking Spanish. I love everything about Dude, it. Dude, I need to go down there with you guys so I can learn Spanish. It's a hoop. Um, so, okay. So you're on your mission, mm-hmm. and somehow, some way, you cross paths with this cute little Latina chick. Yeah. Tell me about the first time that you met her. Okay, first time. So I'm like two weeks out. No, I'm six, six weeks out from coming home. Oh, you're just about to come back. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming back. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm on the home stretch. And, uh, and I still have the girl I was meeting here. Oh, yeah. We're still in chit-chat, dude. Oh, you're, you're using still your Mondays talking. and sending emails. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm coming home. la di da di da Yeah. And we're did you wait for me, Blade? <laughs> yeah, did you wait for me? <laughs> I didn't get the deer, John. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, so the first time I ever saw Noemi, um was in my second to last sector she 
And what, what are sectors again? Exactly? Sectors is like where I live and where I proselyte. Where oh, I so preach. you like, and that changed throughout the two years that you were yeah, there. Yeah, okay. and that changed like every six months. But this this time, I I got changed like the last six weeks out. Okay. So I'm in where Noemi lives. It's called Los Vergeles. She, I, I I didn't even meet her. I, um, well. Okay, let me start over. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm in Los Vergeles. Her mom is the Relief Society president. The uh, Relief Society president. So her she comes from an LDS family. She comes from an LDS family, and uh, I know that the Relief Society president has a daughter on a mission. Uh, that's in Chile. And I was like, oh wow, that's awesome, cool. Yeah. I didn't even think anything about it. Cool. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know her. She's not even here. Yeah. And her mom's an amazing woman. Yeah. An amazing, amazing woman, and she's like very faithful and stuff like that. And, uh, um, Noemi comes home like three days before I get moved to my last sector or like maybe two weeks, something like that sure. around yeah. a short time. Yeah. And I'm still proselyting. And like a week after she gets home, she has a, a white boy as a boyfriend. And I was just like, what the this heck? other guy. Yeah. This other guy that, so she got home a week later she got, wait, she got home from her mission. She got home from her mission. So I'm in Ecuador. She's in Ecuador. And and she's like helping the missionaries because she just got home. And she oh, still sure. wants to have that feeling to be sure. a missionary, you know. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. Mission, missing the mission. Yeah. So she she wants to help out the missionaries and la-di-da-di-da. And all of a sudden, we're going to go ask her if she wants to come um, visit with us because it's... Sure. And uh, she uh, all of a sudden has this white boyfriend that's visiting her. I was like, oh my gosh, congratulations. Where's where, he from? Where are you from? And he's from North Carolina or South Carolina. Okay. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so good. I am so happy for you guys. Hopefully you guys get married. Awesome. <laughs> cool. And and then I get moved to a different sector. And That's the it. past is in the past. Cool. Yeah, I'm on to... You got a lady back home waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. Why I got a lady be, back why, home. Why be concerned? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. even... Wasn't even focused on anything like that. I was yeah. there to proselyte, man. Yeah, yeah. You're a missionary, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, my last sector, I was there for six weeks. I I go home. I come back to the United States. Yeah, I got back August, and I get a text from her older sister because I you I had become familiar with the yeah, family. Yeah, I yeah. became familiar with the family. And in October, I get a text from her sister saying, "Hey, how are you? How's life after the mission?" Look good, yeah. How's everybody? How's your sister and her boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Oh, I'll let her have to explain." And I was just like, "I don't really even care." I didn't even text Noemi. Yeah, like, I didn't even care about her. I had another chica up here. Yeah, you know. And then uh, things didn't go my way with the chica up here with yeah. the girl up here. Chica, that's funny. I said chica. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. With, with the girl up here. And so I, I decided to, and I'm, I'm in the singles ward. Yeah. And I decided to just, just go on dates and date up here. a bunch. Yeah, yeah, up here and date around, get to know people. And then in March of the following year of 2017, I go back to Ecuador to visit family and people that I baptize and just, yeah. you know, see it, see it in a different perspective than a missionary. Okay. That was so about, how long after you got back from your mission did you go back to Ecuador? It was about six months. Okay. And uh, I go back, you know, I'm like, shoot, if I'm dating girls up there, I'm going to date girls down here. I'm just going to, you know. Like, sure. I wasn't going to be like a, 
slut or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. just, just being like that. And uh, I see OME. We do like, a, I'm like, hey, what happened? What happened? Like, you're not with that white kid that I saw a couple of months ago. Yeah, what's the deal? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, that. Fell by the wayside. Yeah. You guys broke up, all and, that stuff. Didn't work then, out. Yeah. And then we... Uh, we hung out with everybody. I was with Noemi a lot, with a bunch of other people, just hanging out, having a good time. And me and Noemi from there just uh, stayed in contact through Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, I really like you. And th- things grew from there. And then I went back in June because, like, we were having feelings for each other. And then uh, I think, yeah, I bought the ring in July. And holy cow. Dude, from freaking January to June, dude, I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry this girl. And then in November, I went and proposed, went back to Ecuador. You went and proposed in Ecuador. I went and proposed in Ecuador. I didn't know that. I was at her house. It was for her birthday. I proposed on her birthday. You did? Yeah. Oh, you sly dog. You sly dog. Yeah. And then uh, we did all the visa papers, all that. I started those in like July. After I knew I wanted to marry her, and then uh, in March, no, May of the next of 2018, yeah, she got her visa permission to come up, and uh, we got married in May. And you guys got married here in Payson, right? Yeah, we got married here. Damn. So, yeah, it was, it was awesome, dude. That is so, <laughs> that's so crazy. I'm so glad that that was like how it happened for you guys, because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be this, you know, kind of phenomenon in the church when, you know, young men go and get on their mission and, and that kind of stuff. And then they meet somebody and it's like shotgun wedding. Like, you know what? I love her because I get a boner for her and I'm going <laughs> to marry her. I'm going to marry her. But it sounded like you guys obviously like grew in a, in a, in a way that was obviously more, way more genuine. Yes. And that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's, that's rad. I think that's cool. We, we didn't see each other like a relationship up here or a, it was a long distance, right? Very, yeah. very long distance. But uh, we were talking over Facebook Messenger like every single day. Yeah. Oh, what funny story. Dude. Sure. Hit me. I love funny stories. So, so it's like, literally, it's like two days after we meet and I'm, I'm here in the United States. Okay. And we're talking through Facebook Messenger and I decided to do like a, like a face-to-face. What is that? Like FaceTime. Skype? FaceTime. Yeah. And dude, I just pull it out of the bag. I'm just like, she's, she's going to have to know I come from a polygamous family. Straight oh, okay. up. Okay, that's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay, gotcha. All right. Straight up, dude. I just, I don't even know the girl. Like, I told her I like her. She's cute. Yeah, cool. Like, yeah. I don't know where it's going to go. And if I have feelings for her, dude, straight up. She's, hey. You got you to gotta know about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to do anything about that. I, yeah. Me, dude, everyone knows. Yeah. Like, where I come from. Yeah. And I said, yep, I come from a polygamous family. And she, like... She looks at me and she hangs up. No. Yes. Oh, and bro. I am just like, oh my gosh, dude. I ruined it. I ruined it. No. I was on the laptop. We were chit chatting. How was your day? And then I was like, hey, I got something I need to tell you. And this, I didn't even say this might shock you. I just, I come from a polygamous family. And she's like, oh. And then boop, gone. I'm, I'm texting. I'm like, I'm so sorry. 
I didn't mean to do anything. I, if you don't yeah. like that, it's totally fine. I understand. Uh, that's just me. Holy shit. And I'm like, damn it. I just ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, whoops. And I'm freaking out. I go to my mom. I go to my dad. I'm like, dude, she just hanged up right as soon as I said polygamy. <laughs> She hung up. She didn't say another word. I was like, oh, dang. Two and a half hours later, she texts me. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I, uh, my mom uh, needed to talk to me. I was like, all right. What'd your mom say? What are you thinking? <laughs> she's, just, she's like, oh, we just need to talk more about it. I'm like, I am an open book. I will tell you anything. Dad has five wives. I have 24 brothers and sisters. Oh, yeah, because at the time, uh, the youngest wasn't born yet. No, no, she was. Oh, was she? Yeah. Yeah, 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 she was. Oh, you said 24. I'm an yeah. idiot. I was doing math so wrong 25, again. Yeah, 25. yeah, sorry. Sorry. Good. Idiot. My bad. And uh, math, math is hard sometimes. Yeah, it is. I failed <laughs> every, every year. <laughs> anyway. And, uh, yeah, she accepted it. It, it was hard for her to swallow, like, for, to take and understand. Yeah. Because the church, you know. The way that they talk about it, it is the taboo. Hidden, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, so I helped her understand, like, where I came from, what I believed, what I do. Like, sure. Things like that. It's not like I do anything different. I'm I mean, yeah. Regular Joe on the street. <laughs> I mean, that's what, I mean, if anything, this podcast is, you know, that's been an emphasis of mine for a long time. Like I'm not afraid to talk about my feelings and my mm-hmm. thoughts and emotions about the LDS church as an institution or the AUB as an institution or whatever. Yeah. But something that I also really want to prioritize that people really understand. And I've said this time and time again, is that just because you're a polygamist doesn't make you an idiot. Yeah. It doesn't make you a weirdo. It doesn't make, yeah. it doesn't automatically mean that. Right. Like, I mean, your dad was talking about it um, with me and he's, and by the time that this episode airs, people have probably already heard it. Um, but he said, like, the problem isn't polygamy. The problem is fundamentalism. Yeah. Yeah. But here's a question for you. This is a, might be a little bit more intense, if you're okay with it. Okay. Um, what brought you to the church as opposed to, like, I know that you don't subscribe to the beliefs of the AUB anymore. Right. right. Um, and it seemed like that was really kind of like that you, you didn't believe it at all anyway when you were a kid. Yeah. It was not really your thing from jump. Like it didn't matter to you. You're like, I don't like this at all. Cause I'd like, oh dude, you should tell that uh, priesthood story <laughs> when you're up in Montana. Okay. Before, before we get to that story, <laughs> I do want to say like, okay, so you go from the AUB, which is, you know, basically Mormonism, LDS right. stuff, but with a few doctrinal changes and that kind of thing. Yes. And you didn't like that. You didn't like it. It was stupid, dumb. Right. Okay, not my thing. And then you're like, you know what? But the church actually, though. So what was that like for you? Yeah. So. Like, was, what was it about the church specifically, if you can't answer that, that you were like, you know what? This is for me. Um, hmm. The social aspect of the church is amazing. Yeah, I would agree. It's, they've got, they've got that down to a niche, you know, oh, they, dude, it's a science at that point. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, and that, and, and, and the time of my life that really, really helped me. I yeah. had friends and, um, that really helped me, persuaded me, convinced me through many, 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 many things. You know, I was, I felt like a lost duck, you know, <laughs> and, uh, 
Okay. How do you say lost duck in Spanish? Un pato perdido. <laughs> Un pato perrito. Un pato. Un pato. Pato, P-A-T-O. Pato perdido. Perdido. Perdido is, uh, is lost. Okay. Un pato perdido. All right. And, uh, okay. So, uh, I was a pato perdido. And my friends uh, really, really came to help me. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was a pato perdido, but yeah. uh, um, they really came to, to my aid, you could say. Sure. To help me feel accepted. Yeah. And things like that. So and, the, and that's what this really feeling of, brought me onto the fold. Sure. Sure. Okay. So it sounds like the, you're, you're, you know, feeling these, you know, lonely feelings and these displacement. Yes. Like, where is my spot in the world? Because I don't know where it's at. And yeah. then people are like, well, hey, come out over here. And you're like, wait, actually, this is kind of really cool. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's got similar beliefs from what I was taught when I was So the familiarity up. there was, was good for you. Familiarity was okay. really, really good. Okay. But yeah. So this familiarity, this, you know, uh, feeling of like, Hey, you know, there's, you know, there's this really awesome social network mm-hmm. that yeah. you can be a part of that you for were sure. like, you know what, I'm going to do it because this is what I like and that's it. Yeah. Sweet man. Acceptance, everything like that, you know, like, taught me about Jesus Christ, which I really loved. My dad was always talking about Jesus Christ. You need to be Christ-like, things like that. And you know, hey, you know, what? you know what's my, my dad taught me that. I'm going to do that. Yeah, sure. I, I, I agree 100. And there's a lot of people that really have a hard time delineating what being a Christian actually means. And this is a little bit more of a philosophical argument. We're going to get to the story about you being at my house in just a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that story is awesome. Uh, but. Jesus Christ was objectively a brown-skinned socialist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and what's funny to me is that the people who tout that they are Christian mm-hmm. hate the idea of Jesus being brown and Jesus being a socialist. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, what do you, I mean, you know, it's just as good as anybody. Cause you had to go teach it in Spanish. <laughs> right. It's like, Jesus was like this guy who was like, Oh yeah. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like, Oh, you know, you, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. Like, Oh, you think you're hot shit. You're not bro. Yeah. Like figure your own crap out and we all got to help each other. Right. You know, visit the sick. Jesus hung out with prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. Jesus hung out with prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. What was the last time you hung out with a prostitute, Josh? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. I mean, we didn't, we have to look at my bank statements. <laughs> my bank statements a year ago. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That there's a lot of people Absolutely. who's like, oh man, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a blue-blooded Christian. Yeah, and they love to claim it. And they love to claim it, but they don't practice it. It's yeah. so hypocrisy. Like, it's, it's just the epitome of hypocrisy. Yeah. You know? And like... I have seen, especially over the course of the last like few years, like mm-hmm. in America with the political climate and stuff like that. And I don't really like talking about politics all that much. Um, but the people who are, you know, vitriolic and just so hateful towards, you know, immigrants and right. people of color and mm. like that kind of stuff. And they're talking and they're like holding up the Bible as like this justification for all their hatred. It's like, Hey, you missed the point, bro. Oh, yeah. You really missed the point. Oh yeah. 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 That, that's an air ball. You just yeah, barely hit. Yeah. That's another story, but I just, you know, it, and, and, and that's the thing where like 
everybody has their own perspective of like how to be or portray Jesus and things like that. Sure. And and that's where it goes wrong, you know? Yeah. So it's been, it's been whitewashed. Yeah. Over and over for thousands of years. Dude, it's just, you go to, you go to a, a Catholic church I mean, not anywhere, but like I've been in numerous chapels mm-hmm. where they have a giant banner of like, you know, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and baby Jesus is very white, very blonde and has blue eyes <laughs> yeah. and he has like the halo and like all this different stuff. And it's like, uh, Hey, he was from like the middle East. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like he was born in Bethlehem. Do you know where Bethlehem is? Have you ever been to Israel? Everyone there's Brown. Okay. <laughs> and they have been, and that's great. Cool. Awesome. He was not a white guy. like the the way that jesus is portrayed now is like either he's a barista or he's about to give you weed you know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) so it's like why do you think why are we continuing to just lie to ourselves about this and i mean i know it's a pretty you know in all of the uh things about jesus that's like a very insignificant part right but we still continue to do that for some weird reason so i don't get it very interesting so you came up to the house to visit and (laughs) <laughs> when was this? This was like, I was like 11 years old. You were 12 because you had the priesthood. I was an ordained deacon. You were a deacon. Yeah. You were being a faithful deacon going to, going to the meetings at like five in the morning. I dude. Weren't they? I don't know why they were so early. <laughs> five in the morning. I don't know why God was like, you know what? The best time to talk about this is when you're really tired. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is, like, why couldn't we wait? Because, you know, meetings were at like noon or one or 10 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. right? But priesthood meeting was, it it was so early on Sundays, it might as well has been like Saturday night. Yeah. That's how early it felt. Yeah. We would wake up so early. And I mean, I was lucky because I mean, I live right next to the school, so I could just right. like walk up with my dad. Mm-hmm. But dude, I don't know why it was so early. Did Did you dress up in like... Church stuff, yeah. Church tie and everything. That I, I mean, I didn't wear a tie usually just because I didn't, but I wore like a button down and my church pants, my church shoes oh, okay. and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Cause like in Pinesdale, we didn't have like the typical Mormon uniform that's in Utah. Like that, that is true. That you is true. I, mean? I remember that. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going like plaid shirts yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The very Montana. Like, rustic look. Rustic bolo ties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so onto that story. So it's, I'm up on vacation, you know, like we always came up as kids. <laughs> and I remember we were up there on a Sunday and it was during the summer. So we had yep. like all week to play, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I remember you had to go, you, you had to go to priest meeting. I didn't have the priest to get mm-hmm. from the AUB. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's five in the morning and I, I, I knew you were getting up. Yep. I knew that you... Because I remember telling you yeah. about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Josh, I got to go to priest meeting. Do you want to come? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. No, sorry. <laughs> I kind of don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so you and your dad... I remember your dad was very like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go to priest meeting, Chris. Yep. Chris, yep. tomorrow morning we got priest and then we got Sunday school. And uh, five in the morning I wake up to you, like you guys were getting up and I heard the rustling and getting out. And so I was like, oh, I, I kind of peeked my eye out over it. I was like, oh, he's going. Okay, I'm going back to sleep. And I'm alone, you know, so I'm getting a little bit nervous. Like 5.15 rolls around and I'm like, 
barely into it. You know, I'm just barely going into sleep. Oh, so you were, you had woken up. I had woken up to acknowledge that I was gone. That you were gone. Okay. Yeah. And so you were gone like five fifteen rolls around and I'm like hazing back into sleeping, you know? And, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden I've just feel my bladder. Just let go. No. <laughs> just peeing all over your bed, dude. <laughs> I just, I had a bladder full and it just all over your bed. You pee. <laughs> I, pee I peed your bed. <laughs> and that story, I haven't told anyone until now, dude. Dude, that is so. <laughs> oh my gosh. You peed my bed. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. I was so embarrassed. But you oh know what? God. I didn't move until it was dried. I stayed there till like 7.30 till you got. Oh, and I was like, I'll make the bed so he doesn't come back in here. No way, dude. That's so fucking funny. Uh, it was so bad. You feed my bed. I mean, to be, I didn't know. Oh my gosh. It was, it was the lower. The lower bunk. The lower bunk. Lower bunk. I, I think you slept up top. Didn't, or did Tank sleep up top? No, I slept up top. No, well, it, it fluctuated. It switched sometimes. Okay. Um, yeah. There was times, or there was, you know, sections of, of us living in that house where Tank was up top, I was on bottom, and I was on top. You know, yeah. And we'd switch back and forth sometimes, because, you know, we were sharing a room, and two brothers get, you know, yeah. jealous. Like, oh, well, top bunk. Yeah, top or, bunk's all cool. It's like, I'm tired. I don't want to climb up the ladder every night. That's dumb. Yeah. Or whatever right. it is, but. <laughs> yeah, I peed your bed. <laughs> you peed my bed when you were 11. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> Oh my You're god! To priesthood, dude, that is so freaking funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, good times in Pinesdale. Holy crap! I I loved when you guys came up. It was I, a blast. I loved it, dude. So fun. Yeah. Because I mean, when you have like a troop of people mm-hmm. show up in like eight cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and do you remember us like, like between you and me and Devin? Uh, like fighting over where we're gonna sleep over, oh, like no. which place is we we. <laughs> no, what? come to my house. No, come to my house. Don't no, come to my house. No, oh, you we went to Chris's house last time you guys came up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like the fights that we get into, that was awesome. I loved that because you guys were so. I mean, it was just like with. Here's the thing that we can talk about. There is inherent and in. How do I say this? There is an inherent baseline level of noise that comes with your family. Oh yeah. And it's just a little bit higher than everybody else <laughs> because of just the quantity of voices. Right. Right. And that makes total sense. Uh, but one of the things that I loved about it growing up is that it was so noisy and just like so much energy. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and, it, and when you get all the whole family together, it's like, dude, oh my gosh. there's like 150 people here. <laughs> <laughs> Brady brought a quarter of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we would obviously, you know, wiener roasts and, and, oh, and s'mores and, and yeah. you know, little, you know, summer evening moments. You remember the circle of chairs? Always. Oh, yeah. There's always. always a circle of chairs. Just hanging out yeah, outside just, Kelly's house. Yeah. Just on the lawn, just doing whatever, playing over the can, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. But how has that, like, do you ever miss the noise? Was that, so, oh, here's a question. Was that something you missed when you were on your mission? Was that like oh, a thought that you had? Yes. It's like, yes. oh man, I missed the noise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was really, really, really hard. 
Damn. really, really hard because I was surrounded by brothers and love and just noise and just chaos for years. A for beautiful th- level of chaos. For 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Just surrounded by that. And then all of a sudden, just nothing. <laughs> just studying. <laughs> yeah. That would be hard. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really hard. But nowadays, uh, we're all grown up, you know. We're all growing up, so it's more controlled. Oh, I've got stories that I've got a story that I got to tell. I tell Noah me this all the time. Just growing up in uh, uh, the family home evening times. Okay. Oh man, can I yell? Oh, you, like, you, yeah, you, like, yeah, this won't it, you, yelling won't break the mic. Yeah, if, if you if you yell, just back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just my dad in those family home evenings. So all the kids had to sit around the table. We weren't allowed to go outside the kitchen. But the parents were allowed to eat in the living room because there was no space, dude. Okay, so this is during dinner time. This is during dinner time. Family home evening time. I thought you meant like during the lesson or during the spiritual part of it. No, no, no. This is dinner time. Just for the meal. Okay. Just for the meal. Got it. Um, We're, uh, you know, the the mothers served the children. Mm -hmm. We all got went up to the bar stool got our food went around the table sat down we fat we fat <laughs> we fit at a dinner table that was crazy Holy that's bizarre so how, how many total was so it all there's of like, there's like probably 10 oh at this time in your life yeah, there's only 10, time, of, yeah, 10 of you maybe a little bit more there was probably a couple babies you know that okay didn't know how to speak or so anything. this is when like tommy and lake were like baby yeah, babies just a little young yeah and i remember Talking about chaos and just loud noise um, around the dinner table. We, the, of course, the kids are just. We don't know how to control our voices. We're just. No, oh, no, I want that. No, no, no. I did this. No, yeah. let's go play. Let's go yeah. do this. And my dad's trying to speak to the wives. You know, have a conversation with the yeah. wives. <laughs> and he just. This is my dad. Just quiet. I can't hear myself think. <laughs> and we all just. <gasps> Look over at him. It goes dead silent for five seconds. Everyone just starts chit chat. Quiet! How many times do I have to tell you I can't hear myself? Think. This is my dad every Monday night. Every Monday night. Every Monday night, he couldn't hear himself think. (laughs) (laughs) Given the context. Oh my God. And the thing about your dad though, and this is definitely like a Williams trait because a lot of the men in our family have the capability of getting very, very loud. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, We all get it from grandpa, but I mean, and your dad, I mean, when I was talking to your little sister last night, um, your dad's intimidating. Yes, he is. He's an intimidating looking guy. I mean, yeah. it's not to say that he is, you know, this unapproachable person because right. your dad is the warmest, very. like so genuinely nice and yeah. just a very easy guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have four hours of content with him already. Yeah. And the fact, uh, by the way, by the fact, uh, you know, I have four hours of your dad's time. Yeah. Your uh, dad's uh, time is so valuable. Like that is insane. That's insane. Chris Jessup has four hours with Brady Williams. Dude, I'm so lucky. I am so lucky because I was thinking about this and I'm going to ask your dad about this, but if your dad were to say like, okay, how valuable is an hour of your time? Money. Mm -hmm. Like just generally speaking, take all the context into it. 
I'm not talking about ox glass. I'm not talking about, you know, with your wives or, or you know, with a TV show or whatever. Yeah. I'm talking about like, generally speaking, how valuable is, I want to know the answer. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you should ask him. Yeah. What do you think it would be? Hundreds of dollars an hour. I have no idea. Hundreds of dollars, I, I'd Dude, probably say. So valuable. Yeah. So valuable. And the fact that he was able to be like, yeah, let's, uh, yeah. Four hours, man. Yeah, let's do it. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I am, I, I am so, so, so lucky. Yeah. So lucky. I can't, I, the, the level of gratitude I have, not only just for your dad, but for you and, and for the whole family. It's just, I, I, I sit here and I, like, I look at the old, like the episodes that I've like put on before and grandpa too. Like I have hundreds, I don't know, hundreds, hundreds of minutes, hundreds. <laughs> um, just like so much time with grandpa, you know, yeah. like I, it's so cool. And maybe that's something that that's an idea that hasn't been talked about on the podcast is that like a polygamist man's time. That's a good concept. That's, that's something that people don't really understand explicitly mm-hmm. of how busy I mean, we talked about it with, with your dad on a previous recording, but, um, and your dad is an, is an anomaly, I believe. Um, your dad is different. Yeah. Yep. To like comparatively to, to everybody else. Um, because he has just this capacity for love that is superhuman. Yeah. Superhuman love. Your dad's an alien, dude. Yeah. He's not of this earth. (laughs) Seriously, dude. I, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. I honestly do not know how. Yeah. Like. It's, it takes a lot. It takes yeah. a lot of, uh, he's beyond, dude. He's just always, always like, one thing that I really, really appreciate about him, like, dude, out of his busy, busy work day, out of his busy, busy relationship, he's got 25 kids, dude, five wives, himself, and all of a sudden I get a text. Hey, I'm grateful for you for today. I'm like, dude. Thank you so much, dad. That means the world to me because I know you're doing that with your other children yeah. and, and, and you're thinking of us out of like, and he's got to, he's got to have this business that to take care of the family. He's got to have this business to take care of all these employees and just take care of, of a, taking care of himself. Yeah. Like that's why he wakes up at three in the morning. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's so wild. It's, it's, it's unbelievable of what he does. And, and uh, you know, I, I try to follow those footsteps, dude. Like those, yeah. all those books he reads. And, and that's where what, what I think is how he's gotten to that point. Just reading and reading and reading and just really studying just and really meditating and really studying and really pursuing really what he wants. And just it's unreal, dude. dude. I, I am beyond grateful for my father. Beyond. He's... Yeah, he's he's an amazing man, dude. Incredible, dude. And it's and it's so funny how uh, so many people could critique and just judge him. What's know? the what's the craziest thing you heard about your dad? Like rumor wise, rumor wise, or something like that. You know what I mean, dude? <laughs> oh, it was with my mom. So like Brady, Brady had his wives go get all nipple piercings. What? <laughs> Like, yeah, well, as soon as we left the AUB or the group, the polygamous group, that's, yeah. those are some of the rumors that came One out. One of them was like, they've fallen by the... <laughs> they've fallen into the death trap of Brady Williams and you had them go get uh, their, their nipples, nipples pierced. pierced. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but he, he always is getting judged, you know, always getting slammed one side to the other. 
with kids or wives or work or whatever, you know? And yeah. he's able to balance that all, dude. Crazy. Dude. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, it's, it defies logic. And we're talking to your dad. Uh, this was off mic. Um, but I asked him about it, and I think he'd be okay with me telling this. Um, I said, well, if you could have any one thing, what would it be? He's like, more time in the day. Wow. And I was like, well, yeah, it makes sense. And he was like, and it's not because I have like other things to do or like I could do more with my business or whatever. It's like, I want more time in the day because I want to, you know, just be able to make more of an effort to love my family. Oh, man. And I think that's so fucking cool, man. Dude. And that's all he thinks about. That's what he thinks about, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm so impressed with, with how your family has navigated this entire everything. Yeah. I mean, of course, you know, by the time that this episode airs, people have probably already listened to his content, but I don't, I don't care that I'm repeating myself with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, I think it, it's worth repeating. Right. <laughs> but...